and welcome back to Reading by Flashlight. I'm Allison, the host of this podcast, and today we're going to be going over chapters 74 through 85 of The Inheritance Games, written by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. So again, this is chapter 74 through 85 of The Inheritance Games, which is written by Jennifer Lynn Barnes. And before we get started, um, check out the other episodes if you haven't watched this one already, just to make sure you don't get any spoilers from the story if you're interested in it. And without further ado, let's get on to the chapters. So in chapter 73, where we left off, we found that Thea actually showed a picture of Emily to the people who were recreating Avery's outfit for this fundraiser thing that was going on. So now she was dressed up exactly like Avery. And the last thing he has said to her was that, I told you the day we met that the Hawthorne house was a twisted, broken mess. She stared at the mirror a moment longer. I never said that I wasn't one too. So now we come to chapter 74 where Avery's does not want to look like Emily, so she's trying to take off some of the things, like she's trying to take her hair down, um, all this, and Alyssa comes in, she's like, Avery, what are you doing in there? And Avery tells her to help her, and she's like, with what? And she's like, my hair. So she's trying to take all, you know, like the bands out and all that stuff that they did to it, just so that she doesn't look like Emily anymore, because people have memories of her that make them emotional I guess I don't know and then Avery's like do you know who I look like right now and Alyssa's like who are you looking like and then Avery tells her Emily Lawlin Thea tried to dress me up just like her and then it took a moment for Alyssa to actually realize that and she's like I didn't know the press won't either Emily was just an ordinary girl and but she's like if but if you stay here much longer people are gonna notice that and they already have So, for better or for worse, you need to come out tonight. And then Avery says, fine, but if I do this for you, I want your word that that you'll protect my sister in any way you can. I don't care what your deal is with Nash or what Nash is with Libby. You don't just work for me anymore. You work for her, too. And then Alyssa's like, fine, you have my word. So, as the Hawthorne house had purchased two tables, she goes to go sit at the other table, which is where Nan and some other people from the family are sitting but Liz is like no you need to go sit over there so she goes to sit over at the other table table which is where the boys are sitting and she tells Grayson under her breath she said I didn't do this on purpose and he Grayson says of course not Avery said I'd take the braids out if I could but I can't do it myself he said I know and she then bumped into Alyssa's drink and tried to catch it, but it fell and stained the white tablecloth, and she realized that she didn't belong in this world. This, this wasn't her life, which I guess, in a way, it really wasn't, but I mean, now it is, so I mean, I just hope she gets used to it. (laughs) I'm so sorry. That was like the weirdest laugh that has ever been produced from my mouth. Okay, time for chapter 75. So she made it through dinner without anyone trying to kill her. And she told Alyssa that she needed some air, but she didn't go outside. And Orin was basically playing her shadow. So all the wings were closed off, basically. The only, only that big room was the one that was open. But she was going down this corridor, and up ahead, 
there was light shining and it blocked off this exhibit room and it felt like stepping out of a dark theater and into the sun. And then there was only one person in the room wearing a tuxedo without the jacket and it was Jameson who did not want to go to the foundation's dinner for some reason. So she thinks that Jameson had probably saw what Thea had had done to her hair so she left. I don't know, and he nods towards this painting that he's standing by, and he said, this is a Hawthorne family favorite for obvious reasons, and it was one that was on loan from Tobias Hawthorne's collection. And Jameson said, I know you found the Davenport. You beat me to it. And then she said, so did Grayson. And Jameson said, you were right. The tree in the black wood was just a tree. The clue we're looking for is just a number, 811. There's just one more. And then she starts to leave because she's mad or something and then he says i don't care that you're wearing emily's braid i don't care because i don't care about emily i broke up with her that night i got tired of her little games and i told her i was done and a few hours later she died and then avery said i'm sorry and then jameson said you can come back to the black wood you don't have to like me but please don't make me do this alone to find the um the fourth number and then someone comes in and said i hope i'm not interrupting and it's grayson and it says for a moment grayson and jameson stared at each other and then jameson said you know where i'll be and then they go he leaves to go look for the second the fourth number not the second and then grayson said what did he say when he saw you and then avery said he told me that he broke up with emily that night she died and then grayson said did jameson tell you that i killed her so then Grayson left in chapter 76, and she just spent 15 minutes in the gallery just staring at the painting before Alyssa sent someone to find her. And then Xander walks up behind her and says, I agree, this party sucks. The social elite to scone ratio is pretty much unforgivable. And then Avery says, I'm out of here. And then Xander says, you can't leave yet. And Avery says, why not? And then Xander waggled his lone eyebrow because they just opened up the dance floor. You want to give the press something to talk about, don't you? And then <laughs> Xander says, pretend I'm the most fascinating person you've ever met. Here, I'll help. Every year on my birthday, from the time I was seven until I was 12, my grandfather gave me money to invest and I spent it all on the cryptocurrency because I'm a genius, not at all, because I thought cryptocurrency sounded kind of cool. I sold my holdings before my grandfather died for almost a hundred million dollars. And Avery stares at him like, you what? And then he says, see, fascinating. Not even my brothers know. And Avery asks, what do your brothers invest in? And he said, no idea. We weren't allowed to discuss it. <sighs> Dude, I just had a thought. What if Xander and Max met? They would be like best friends okay that needs to happen like they need to become best friends bro that needs to happen then xander said smile for the press give them a story look deep into my eyes feel the weight of my charm think of your favorite baked goods and then Alyssa comes up and says you can go now and if you'd like and then avery asks you coming he says i can't i solved the black wood i could win this but Jameson and Grayson need it more. Head back to Hawthorne House and there will be a helicopter waiting for you when you get there. Have the pilot fly you over Blackwood. And then Xander said, where you go, they'll follow. And then Avery said, I thought you wanted to win. He swallowed hard and said, 
I do, though. Chapter 77 starts out with Avery saying she'd only half expect believed Xander when he promised her a helicopter, but there it was, standing in front of Hawthorne House. Wouldn't that be cool to summon helicopters? That'd be pretty cool if you could just, like, push a button and you could summon your own, like, automatic helicopter to you or something. And then Jameson is there because, like, she remembers how he said or Xander said that where she goes, they follow. So he said, order a helicopter. And she said, I'm surprised you waited for liftoff. He said, I told you, I don't want to do this by myself. Here comes Grayson. And then Grayson comes and they're like, what are you doing here? And then Grayson said, may I? And they're both like, fine, but Grayson's not happy. Or no, Jameson's not happy. Their names are so similar. That makes me mad. When, like, you have two characters that are, like, really close together, and then their names are basically similar, I can never get the difference between them. And so she said that that was, she had enjoyed the first time on her airplane, but this was different. I mean, yes, there's a difference between airplanes and helicopters. And all she could think about was looking down. Because, they I mean, they have to fly over the Blackwood for some reason, so they're just looking over. And there's this lighter ring of trees um, surrounding this dense part of the forest. And it looks like a long skinny O. Or maybe it stands for a zero. So by the time the copter touched ground, Avery knew something. Like, this was seeming familiar to her, but the book doesn't tell you that yet. That she knows what it is. Like, the book tells you that she knows what it is, but the book doesn't tell you what it is. Okay, so she just keeps thinking, A110. Those are the four letters that they found related to the Hawthorne brothers' names. And Jameson says, we did it. Four middle names, four numbers. 8110, she said. That's the order we discovered the numbers in. The order, the clues, and the will. Westbrook, Davenport, Winchester, Blackwood, in that order. Is it a combination, maybe? And then Jameson said, there's at least a dozen safes in the house. But there's other possibilities. It could be an address, coordinates, and there's no guarantee that the clue isn't scrambled. To solve it, we'll have to reorder the number numbers. And then she says, a date maybe? Like a day, month, year? And then it could be the one or the zero would have to go in the front. So it could be one, one, zero, eight would be 1108, so November 8th. Or it could be August 11th or January 18th. Then she hit the last possibility, 10-18, October 18th. That's my birthday. So one of the secret combinations is actually Avery's date of birth. And then she remembers how her mother said, I have a secret about the day you were born. No, mother, we need the secret now. And then James said, no. And then Avery said, yes, I was born on October 18th. And my mother, Jameson said, this isn't about your mother. And then Avery's like, Jameson, what's going on? This could be it. Maybe his path crossed my mom while she was in labor. Or maybe she did something for him while she was pregnant with me. And then Jameson said, stop. And then she says, what are you? And he says, the numbers are not dates. And then she's thinking, yes, it is. And then he says, this can't be the answer. And then it's like... I don't know what's wrong with them, but then Grayson said, Emily died on October 18th, a year ago. 
Jameson's like, oh, all of this, the clues, the will, her, all of it for this. He just found a random person born in the day to send a message. This message? And then Grayson tries to talk to him and says, Jamie. But Jameson says, don't talk to me. I'm done. And then he stalks away and he says, where are you going? And he says, congratulations, Eris. I guess you had the good fortune of being born in the right day. Mystery solved. Oof. Chapter 78 starts out with Avery saying that she couldn't be more puzzled with this. I mean, there had to be something else. Why couldn't it have been a day of birth? Why couldn't it have been a just a random day in the year? What about her secret? A secret that his, her mom has mentioned on her 15th birthday, a full year before Emily had died. And the letter Tobias Hawthorne had left her saying, I'm sorry? Like, what did he have? To, what was he apologizing for? Like, there had to be something more than just selecting a random person with the right birthday. But she, in her mind, she could hear Nash telling her that you're just the glass ballerina or the knife. And then Grayson said, I'm sorry. It's not Jameson's fault that he's like this. It's not Jameson's fault that this is how the game ends. And then Grayson says, I should have known. He said, I did know. The day that we the will was read, I read that all of this was because of me. And then Avery, who still has, like, no idea what's going on, he's like, what are you talking about? How is this because of you? And don't tell me that you just killed Emily. And then he said, I did. If it weren't for me, she wouldn't have been there. She wouldn't have jumped. And then she's like, been where? What does this have anything to do with your grandfather's will? And Grayson shuddered and said, maybe I was meant to tell you. Maybe that was always the point. Maybe you were always meant to be equal parts puzzle. And then he said, we'd always known her. Mr. and Mrs. Lawlin had been at Hawthorne House for decades. The girl came to visit about twice a year, once when their parents at Christmas time and again in the summer for three weeks alone. We didn't see much of them at Christmas, but in the summers, we all played together. It was a bit like summer camp, really. You have camp friends who you see once a year who have no place in your ordinary life. That was Emily and Rebecca, but they were different from the four of us. Skye said it was because they were girls, but I always thought it was because there was only two of them, and Emily came first. She was a force of nature, and their parents were always so worried she'd overexert herself. She wasn't. Al- she was allowed to play cards with us and other quiet indoor games, but she wasn't allowed to roam outside the way we did or to run. And she'd get us to bring her things. It became kind of a tradition. Emily would set on us on a hunt, and whoever found what she requested, the more unusual and hard to find, the better one. And then what'd you win, she asked, and Grayson shrugged and said, we're brothers. We didn't have to win anything in particular, just win. And then Avery remembered what someone had said, and then Emily had gotten her heart transplant. And Grayson nodded and is like, her parents were still protective, but Emily have lived in glass cages for long enough. She and Jameson were 13, and I was 14. She'd breeze in for the summer, the the daredevil that she was, and Rebecca was always after us to be careful, but Emily insisted that her doctors had said that her activity levels were only limited by her physical stamina. If she could do it, there was no reason she shouldn't. The family moved her permanently when Emily was 16. She and Rebecca didn't live on the estate, but the way they had visited during schools, but my grandfather paid for them to attend private school. Then Avery said she wasn't just a summer camp friend anymore. And then Grayson said, Emily had the entire school eating out of her palm of her hand. Maybe that was our fault. Or maybe it was just because she was M, too smart, too good at getting what she wanted. She didn't have a fear. Grayson says the thing is she didn't want to be around us. She just wanted what we could give her. And then Avery says, money? And Grayson said, experiences. 
thrills, race cars, motorcycles, and handling exotic snakes, parties, clubs, and places we weren't supposed to be. It was a rush for her and for us. I don't know what it was exactly for Jamie, but one night I got a call from Emily, late. She said that she was done with Jameson and she wanted to celebrate. That's this place called Devil's Gate. It's a cliff overlooking the Gulf, one of the most famous cliff diving locations in the world, but I knew it was a bad idea. And she thinks, how bad was it? So he was breathing heavy, and he said, When we got there, I headed for one of the lower cliffs. Emily headed for the top, past the danger signs, past the warnings. It was the middle of the night. We shouldn't have been there at all. And I don't know why she wouldn't let me wait until morning, but not until later, when I realized she'd lied about choosing me. And then Avery asked, Did cliff diving kill her? Grayson said, No. She was fine. We were fine. I went to grab our towels, but when I came back, Emily wasn't even in the water anymore. She was just lying on the shoreline, dead her heart. And Avery says, you didn't kill her. But Jameson said, or not Jameson, Grayson said the adrenaline did, or the altitude, the changes in pressure. I don't know. Jameson wouldn't take her, and I shouldn't have either. And then he said, you know what my grandfather told me after Emily's funeral? Family first. He said that was what happened to Emily wouldn't have happened if I put my family first. If I refused to play along, if I chosen my brothers over her, that's what this is about. 1018, October 18th. The day Emily died. Your birthday. It's my grandfather's way of confirming what I always knew deep down. All of this, it's just because of me. So chapter 79 starts off with Orin escorted her back to the house and she asks him, how much did you hear? I wasn't sure I was ready to handle what he was going to say. That's what she said. And then Orin said, how much do you want me to have heard? And then she said, well, you knew Tobias Hawthorne. Would he have picked me to inherit just because Emily Lawland died on my birthday? Did he decide to leave his fortune to a random person born on October 18th? Hold a lottery? And Orrin said, I don't know, Avery. The only person who ever really knew what Tobias Hawthorne was thinking was Mr. Hawthorne himself. So she made the way back through the halls of Hawthorne House back to her wing that she shared with, shared with Libby. And she didn't know what exactly was going to happen now and she's like why was i chosen how many people on this planet share my birthday and so she stopped on the stairs in front of the portrait that tobias of tobias hawthorne that xander had showed her and it looked like all four of them just mixed together and then she stares at him the portrait and she's like why why'd you pick me why were you sorry did something happen the day i was born and nothing happened but her eyes caught on the artist's signature Tobias Hawthorne, X-X-V-I-I-I. Yeah, I'm gonna look that up what it says. I don't read in Roman numerals. Bye. Okay, I'm back. The Roman numeral stands for, so it says Tobias Hawthorne, 10108. <gasps> Wait, that's the dates. Didn't they find some of those? 10108? Weren't those the same exact numbers they found? Ooh. Okay, and then someone whispers Roman numerals behind, or Avery whispers it, and then Orrin says, Avery, everything okay? Oh, it says right here what they were. X was 10, V was 5, and I was 1. 10, 18. Oh, yes, 10 plus 8 is 18. Duh! And then there was a button on the side of the frame, and she pushed it, and behind it was a keypad. What in the world? Where are all these secret hiding spots coming from? I want one. And then Orrin said, Avery? And then 
she brought her index finger to the keypad and tried to type in 1018. And there was a beep and one of the steps rose, revealing a compartment underneath it. And she ducked inside to see get inside. And there was only one thing in the hollowed out piece of the staircase, a piece of stained glass. It was purple and kind of shaped like an octagon with a tiny hole in the top. But there was like a ribbon threaded through it and it almost looked like a Christmas ornament. And so she held it up and there was words etched into the side of the stair. And it said, top of the clock, meet me at high, tell the late day hello, wish the morning goodbye. A twist and a flip, what do you see? Take them two at a time and come find me. So chapter 80 starts off with her saying, I didn't know what I was supposed to do with the stained glass ornament or what to make of the words written under the stair. But as Libby helped me let my hair down that night, one thing was perfectly clear. This game wasn't over. So the next morning, Orin following her, she went to go search for Jameson and Grayson to search for whatever they found, whatever she found to try and figure out what it means. And then Jameson says, go away. And then Avery said, I found something. I don't think the date is the answer, at least not at all. And then Jameson said, nothing. And then Avery's like, Jameson, are you listening to me? I found something. And then he said, toss it over with the rest. And I'm thinking like, the rest? Excuse me? And then she looks over at this trash can and she sees like at least half a dozen of these other purple stained glass octagons identical to the same exact one that she has in her hand and jameson says the number 10 and 18 are everywhere in the, this house i found them scratched onto a panel on my closet floor that little purple thing was underneath it and she asks the others once i started looking for the numbers i couldn't stop and once you see it you can't unsee it the old man thought he was so smart. He must have hidden hundreds of things all over the house. I found a chandelier with 18 crystals in the outer circle and 10 in the middle and a hidden compartment down below. There are 18 stone leaves on the fountain outside, 10 drawn roses in its bowl, the paintings in the music room. Everywhere I look, everywhere I go is just another reminder. And Avery says, don't you see? Your grandfather couldn't have done all this after Emily died. You wouldn't have noticed. Jameson's like, workmen in the house? The great Tobias Hawthorne added a room or wing to this place every year. In a house this size, someone's always needing to be replaced or repaired. My mother was always buying new paintings, new fountains, new chandeliers. We wouldn't have noticed a single thing. And the neighbor said, 1018 isn't the answer. You have to see that. It's just a clue, one that he obviously didn't want us to miss. And then Jameson said, 1018 is answer enough. I'm just not playing anymore, Avery, I told you. And then the paragraph breaks off. But, like, seriously, now he's the one that wanted to do all this in the first place. Now he doesn't want to. It's like betrayal. And then she tries to find Grayson to show him. And she finds Nash and says, have you seen Grayson? And then Nash says, I don't think he wants to be seen, kid. And then she says, I need to see him. And then Nash said, give it some time. Sometimes you got to excise a wound before it can heal. So she's, she ended back up at that portrait of Tobias Hawthorne and she's just looking around it again. And she's like, if he had really done all this after Emily's death, his persistence seemed kind of cruel. Like, why would you want to make sure that they didn't forget what happened? Is this whole game just some sort of reminder? Like, is that all who Avery is? And then she's like, what's even the point of this? And then she says, I didn't want to be the glass ballerina or the knife. I wanted to prove, at least to myself, that I was something. 
Jameson may have been done with this game, but I wanted to win now. Chapter 81. So it's just repeating the same poem. I'll read it again. Top of the clock, meet me at high. Tell the late day hello, wish the morning goodbye. A twist and a flip, what do you see? Take them two at a time and come find me. So she's just murmuring these to herself, taking the pieces one at a time. Top of the clock, what's at the top? And then she thinks, well, 12, 12's at the top of the clock. Meet me at high, noon maybe? Because those both confirm to like afternoon, noon. And then she moves to the second part, but she gets nothing. A twist and a flip, what do you see? Take them two at a time and come find me. So she's like, was I supposed to twist this like ornament thing? And then Xander said, you look like you swallowed a squirrel. Oh, thanks. And then she said, I definitely did not look like I squirreled a squirrel, but I was guessing that was way of Xander's asking if I was okay, so I let it go. And then she says, your brothers don't want anything to do with me. And Xander said, yeah, I guess my kind gesture of sending you all to the black wood together exploded. But to be fair, most of my gestures end up exploding. And then Avery laughs, and she's like, the game's not over. I found it last night after the black wood. What do you make of this? And then Xander said, now where have I seen something that looks like that? <gasps> Does Xander know something? So chapter 82, they're back into the great room, and Avery says that she hasn't been in there since the reading of the will. And there's these stained glass windows, eight feet high to three feet wide, and they're all designed with octagons, the same exact shape, color, and shade in the one as in her hand. And then she's like thinking, a twist and a flip, and then Xander says, what do you think? And she kind of like cocked her head, and she's like, I think we're going to need a ladder. And then it says, perched on the high on the ladder with Xander holding it down below, I pressed my hand against one of the stained glass octagons. At first, nothing happened, but when I pushed on the left side, the octagon rotated 70 degrees and then something stopped it. Does that qualify as a twist? So like these crystals in the walls are twisting. Like, does that have to do with whatever this like poem clue things about? And then she's thinking a twist and a flip. What do you see? Well, when she turns some of the panels, there's this beam of light, like a purple one, and eventually they're crossing. And then Xander's spots, like, squints at the spot, and he's like, nothing. I was expecting it to, like, pop out or something. And then she sees the lights, the beam's crossing, and it didn't go anywhere, but, and she thinks, noon. The first half of the riddle described noon. The angle of the beam must depend at, at least a little on the angle of the sun. Maybe the twist in the flip only shows you what happens at noon. And then Xander said, we could wait or we could cheat. And so they're spread out testing the surrounding floorboards, just trying to look for something, but everything's secure. And Xander said, find anything? And then she finds one that wasn't wiggling, but it moved a lot. And then she said, Xander, over here. And so he joined her and they placed her, their hands upon the board and pressed and it board popped up and there was a small dial underneath it. And so she turned it, not knowing what it really was. And Xander and her were sinking. And when it stopped, they weren't even in the great room anymore. They were underneath it in some sort of staircase. And then Xander says, take the stairs two at a time. That's the next line. Take them two at a time and come find me. Like what's happening? Huh? So chapter 83, um, Avery asks Xander if he's ever been in these tunnels, or just the tunnels under the Hawthorne house in general. And Xander says, no. And then Avery asks, which way? 
And then he points straight ahead, and Avery's like, how do you know where to go? And Xander says, because, that's what he said. And then it took her a moment to notice that they were gargoyles at the bottom of the staircase that they were going down, and they were exactly the same as the ones that were in the great room, except the gargoyle on the left hand had one hand and one finger was extending the direction that Xander had pointed. So they started walking down there, and she remembered Xander telling her that even if that she had manipulated Tobias Hawthorne, the old man would have been the one manipulating me. And she thought, he's dead, isn't he? But what else could it have meant? Come find me. So about five minutes later, they basically reach a dead end, and Xander's like, maybe the gargoyle lied. And then Xander, and then he said, did we miss something? And then Xander's like, perhaps the gargoyle lied. And then they look, they walked back down the path slowly, like just looking in at everything, making sure they didn't miss anything. And then Avery said, look there. And there was a metal grate on the wall that was built into the tunnel floor. And there was letters that were carved into it, but they were worn away. And the only ones left were M and E. Come find me. So she grabbed the grate and pulled on it, but nothing really happened. And it popped out the second time she pulled it and she fell backward, and the two of us stared down into the hole below. And Xander said, it is possible that the gargoyle was telling the truth. And then he says, you coming? And then they find themselves in a small room. And the room had four walls, and three of them were identical, but the fourth one was made out of concrete, and three letters had been carved into the cement. A-K-G. That's Avery's initials. So she walks towards the letters and she sees this red laser-like light pass over her face and there was like a beeping noise, kind of like what happened when Orin opened the safe, like facial recognition, and that's exactly what Xander said. It didn't matter which one of us found this place. Without you, we wouldn't be able to get past that wall. And then, that what? Avery said, like as she went to examine the door that had appeared. And there were four touch pads and Xander hit one of them, and an image of fluorescent hands appeared. And Xander said, uh-oh. And then Avery said, what's uh-oh? And Xander said, this one has Grayson's initials on it. Jameson's Nash's mine. He placed his hand on it, and a beeping sound went off. It sounded like a deadbolt being thrown back. And then Avery said, still locked. And then Xander, Xander winced and said, four locks and four brothers. And then the last sentence said, my face had been needed to get this far. Their hands were what required to go even farther. So chapter 84, Xander left her to go guard the room while he went to try and fetch all three of his brothers. And she's like, that was easier said than done. They were all kind of hiding right now, except for Nash. But Nash wasn't even interested in this. Why would he come? And out of all the people in the world, why was Avery's birthday the one that's chosen? What was the billionaire sorry for that he wrote in her letter? Remember, all the words that were in his letter was, I'm sorry. And then she hears footsteps, but then there's no one comes. The sound stops. And so Avery said, Xander, is that you? And then there's more footsteps coming closer, and she forgot. Weren't the tunnels how someone had snuck Drake into the house? Someone in Hawthorne House had given Drake access to the tunnels, the tunnels that she was currently standing in. And so she pressed her back against the wall, and she could definitely hear someone coming. And then a figure appeared, backlit and looming over my only exit from the space, female and pale. Who was it? Avery calls out the name. Rebecca?
And we're down to chapter 85, the last chapter we're going to be going over in this episode. And then Rebecca's staring down at Avery and she says, Avery, what are you doing down here? And then Avery's like, where were you the night of the shooting? And then Rebecca said, she closes her eyes and she says, you don't know what it's like to have your entire life revolve around one person and then you wake up one day and that person's gone. And then Avery's thinking, Xander needs to get back down here quick. Because, like, Rebecca could be a serious threat to her. Like, she could be pretending to be like this, and then she can just, wham, pop her over the head. I don't know. And then Rebecca said, it was my fault, you know. Emily was taking huge risks, and I told our parents. They grounded her, forbade her from seeing the Hawthorns, but Em had her ways. She convinced our mom and dad that she was done acting out, and they didn't lift the band on the boys, but they did start letting her hang out with Thea again. And she said that Emily was mad at her, and she asked Thea to cover about the cliff diving. And Rebecca had begged Thea not to do it, but she said that after everything that happened, they owed it to her to do it for her. So Thea had covered for Emily the night that she had died. And Rebecca said, most of the things Emily talked the boys into, she could do, but even professional cliff divers don't jump from the top of Devil's Gate. It would have been dangerous for anyone, but that much adrenaline, that much cortisol, a change in altitude and pressure with her heart, that wasn't going to end good any way we tried. She And Rebecca said, I tried telling my parents what she was doing, but that didn't work. I tried begging Thea to help me, but she left. And he was like, but then she decided to go to Jameson. He was the only one who was supposed to take her to Devil's Gate. And then Rebecca said, I have a voice recording of Emily talking. She used to tell me everything that the boys did with her and for her and to her. She liked to keep score. And Rebecca had decided to show the recordings to Jameson in order to protect her sister from going to the cliffs. And then James, or Avery said, Jameson broke up with her. And then Rebecca said, if he hadn't, maybe she wouldn't have needed to push things so far. Maybe she would have relented and jumped from one of the lower cliffs. Maybe it would have even been okay but she might have needed to jump at all. And then Rebecca said, I'm sorry. And then Avery's like, sorry for what? And then she's thinking, what are you doing down here, Rebecca? And then Rebecca said, it's not that I would have wanted anything against you, but it's what Emily would have wanted. And seriously, like, every almost every time she talks, she talks about what Emily would have wanted. And Avery's thinking, she's not well. Like, yeah, that's kind of weird like that's kind of creepy and then she's Avery's like I need to find a way to get out of here and then Rebecca said Emily would have hated you for stealing their money she would have hated the way that they see you and then Avery said so you decided to get rid of me for Emily and then Rebecca stared at her and said no and Avery said you knew about the tunnels and somehow you told Drake and then Rebecca said no Avery I wouldn't do that and then Avery said you said it yourself Emily would have wanted me gone and then Rebecca said I'm not Emily and then Avery said, then what are you apologizing for? And Rebecca said, Mr. Hawthorne told me about the tunnels one summer when I was little. He showed me all about the interests and said that I deserve something that was just mine, a secret. I come down here when I need to get away, sometimes when I'm visiting my grandparents, but since Emily died, things are pretty awful at home, so sometimes I enter from the outside. She said, Avery said, and? And Rebecca said, the night of the shooting, I saw someone else in the tunnels. I didn't say anything because Emily wouldn't have wanted me to. I owed her, Avery. After everything I did, I owed her. And then Avery said, who'd you see? Drake? And then Rebecca said, he wasn't alone. And Avery's like, who else was there? Rebecca wouldn't say anything. 
Rebecca, who else was in the tunnel with Drake? And then she asked, would one of the boys have done it? And Rebecca said quietly, no, it was their mother. So that kind of left on a cliffhanger again like last week did. But thank you again for watching Reading by Flashlight. This is season one of the Inheritance Games, and this was chapters 74 through 85. And there's actually about 91 chapters, so next week will actually be the last week of the Inheritance Games. And next week, I will tell you guys what book we will be doing next. So thank you guys for listening and... Come back next week so you can check out the ending to the Inheritance Games and the next book we'll be reading.